You're listening to The Broken Meeple Show, a podcast that speaks passionately about board games for the benefit of those who play them. My name's Luke Hector, best known for The Broken Meeple YouTube channel, and I'm an everyday gamer just like you. And I'll be talking about reviews, top tens, and just about anything that connects me to board games, as long as I have a tea or coffee in hand, that is. So grab a cup, relax, and enjoy. And remember, it's only a game. Hello everyone, welcome to another podcast episode, and yes, this is a podcast. <laughs> There's a lot of people who are sort of like, oh, this is a, I like your vlog series, and it's like, I suppose it is a vlog if you watch it on YouTube, but primarily it is a podcast. This goes out on SoundCloud and Spotify, and essentially was meant to replace the podcast I normally did. It's just, I thought by having a video section for it, it just gives a little bit extra to those who want to watch it on YouTube, just to see what I'm browsing on the web. You might notice the backdrop is a little bit different this week. That's purely just because I have set the table, you know, my desk with the laptop in a different area, basically, because I thought, well, I don't want it to stay here permanently because it gets in the way when I want to play games on here. And I just had, uh, you know, my bubble household because we're in lockdown of uh, people around to play some games yesterday and we needed the whole table. So it's a bit heavy to lift this thing off the whole bench, but... I've kind of just put it on this side, a little bit easier to do. So you've got some different games behind me. So you can just about see Ryan Lockett's stuff there with all the near and far and ancient world right behind me. You've got my Eagle Griffin Vital Assert a lot. And then you've got a bit of AEG and a little bit of Portal to the other side. And then you can sort of get glimpses of the crates and various uh, cases that hold my LCG legendary uh, Arkham Horror LCG, Lord of the Rings LCG, Mansion of the Madness, that type of stuff. There's a lot of them up there. There is a lot. But, uh, you know, I hope you guys are doing well, um, you guys and gals, because in England, we are in lockdown. We're in lockdown for another month as of last Thursday. So I got to try and keep my sanity in check again, because you might recall I was struggling a bit the first four months we did it, you know, to the point of having to do a video every day with the shelf by shelf to try and stay sane. Don't expect that this next month, because I will go crazy. Because And on top of that, whereas back then i had 80 percent hours working i'm on full time so i'm not furloughed or anything i still have to work so i pretty much still have my day job but it does mean i can't go to the gym it means i'm having to take up running again i've been jogging i think three times in the last few days i even went for a jog today despite it being a bit wet at the end of the day i need to get some exercise and running is the only way i'm going to be able to do it because i haven't got any weights at home i mean i suppose i could pick up one of my big board games like dwellings of elder vale or something like that to just basically you know do stuff and squats but yeah i'm a little bit restricted running's the best thing i can do really on top of that, it's just not being able to see friends, not being able to go out for games, apart from the bubble of people that I've chosen to say, right, okay, you guys can visit because we're, we're going to play games and I'm going to see you more often. It's just, I wish, I just wish it didn't have to come down to this, but sadly in the UK it does. On a more positive note though, I mean, I can see that things are certainly on a happy note when it comes to America, but this is not a political show, so I'm going to leave it there, but... Uh, you know, America has gone through a lot lately and it seems like things could be on the mend, but we'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see how that portrays out. So what's all I going to talk about here? Well, first off, I just wanted to give a quick thank you to all my Patreons because you guys have allowed me to achieve a goal recently. Now, ignore the fact that the things doesn't say whatever per month. I don't know what it is with this system. It doesn't make sense because if I scroll up, it says... 202 per month okay but down there it says 153 but last week it said 200 it it literally makes no sense how this thing works but 
I set a goal where I was going to add a monthly basis subscription to a site called StreamYards. And this is a site that allows you in its normal form to record up to 720p definition, which is more than enough for a typical live stream. And basically it allows me to do streaming with other people joining. Now I know there's other things that do this as well, but this one I came across because I did a live stream with uh, Worldful Reviews. And this was the first time I saw the software and it just seemed to work so smoothly absolutely smoothly like uh, i don't know if it's going to show a video here i don't want it to show the sound but essentially you know you can set your brand color you can put a theme a logo in some overlays you know it's fairly basic so it's not like it's a, oh my god it's going to be you know amazing special effects but it's enough but here they seem to be able to link it to facebook live youtube and various other places although i'm sticking to youtube i don't know anything about facebook live but by linking it to there, it means that you can have multiple people join the stream and you can still link to YouTube chat. This looks perfect for what I need. So I can put these banners in, I can have a logo on there, and more importantly, I can have multiple people on the stream. The intention is that I can do like a top 10 with board game ramblings at some point, but mainly I can just have guests. I can get other people, other small content creators, people you've not heard of. You know, I mean, okay, if somebody big wants to come and be on my channel, then I'd be questioning why. But, you know, if they want to come along, fantastic. But it will be able to get like smaller content creators on the channel to help me out with live stream discussions, Q&As, top 10 lists. I've always said that as much as I love doing my top 10 lists, it would be good to be able to bounce them off other people, even in a live setting. So, you know, this software will help, you know, hopefully allow me to do so. Uh, I just need to create an account. I need to like subscribe to it properly. I was trying to subscribe to it on a monthly basis. Uh, there's not a lot I can really see about it uh, to be honest um, I think it costs about $25 a month to subscribe in the basic plan I'm not doing professional because all professional does is allows you to record at 1080p but it also doubles the price of the subscription so screw that for a game of toy soldiers but I can cancel it at any time so if things go bad for the channel I can always cancel it but you know I would like to be able to keep this going on a monthly basis so as long as the patreon keeps going then it will but yeah I signed into it last time and three of us chatted about top tens and all sorts for three hours continuously, no hiccups, no disconnections or anything, and we could easily see each other's webcam. So I thought, fantastic. If I can get on this front and learn how to use it, then great. So give me a little bit of time to learn how to use it because it is another learning curve and I've got to fit it in with work and everything, although the lockdown will make life a little bit easier in that respect. I've got to catch up with some blog stuff. Uh, I recorded um, the Too Many Bones review today. Hence, my throat is a little bit croaky. And I did the uh, Search for Planet X review as well. I said I was going to attempt to do them live. I just personally don't think live reviews are going to work. Too many people weren't exactly keen on it. And as I've noticed from looking at my you know, channel videos in the past, you know, live doesn't get you as much you know, decent views as it could do. I mean, the live top 100 lists I do, they've got some views, but nowhere near as many as last year. You know, last year they went mad. This year it just seems a lot less. Although, to be fair, I'm noticing that about a lot of my videos, there just doesn't seem to be a lot of views on there. People sort of come up and say, like, you know, oh, it's great that you've got like 11,500 subscribers, but I don't get 11,500, you know, 11,000 subscribers. I don't get 11,000 people watching my videos so you know a lot of that i've got to be inactive accounts or bots or something i honestly don't know but 
you know, such as the way of a, a small-time YouTuber. But yeah, that's the way it is. But hopefully StreamYards will allow me to sort of broaden my horizons a bit. So give me some time. Let me get the subscription going. Let me have a play around with it. And uh, hopefully, you know, before the end of this year, you'll see some uh, multi-stream stuff and well, good. I mean, what can I have? Uh, I can have 10 people in the stream. All right, well, I'm not going to have 10 people. That's a little bit insane. But maybe like, you know, maybe me and another channel, me and two other channels. Either way, I should be able to try something pretty soon so that'll be pretty sweet okay um i just want to bring some people's attention to this video i've done recently um well actually yeah, let's go into this topic kickstarter so for kickstarter i've got two in mind at the moment the first one is that artipia games as you can see here um and where is that video there it is uh they sort of commissioned me or asked me nicely um the sort of PR, um what's it called that the media Constantin Constantinokis, I think his name is. I forget I can't pronounce the names, so I'm sorry, it's Greek. But I they got in touch with me and said, can I do a couple of videos for their upcoming Kickstarter for the Pursuit of Happiness? So I've done two. You'll notice I've got solo mode, the Pursuit of Happiness, and Ultimate Guide to Pursuit of Happiness. So I've done a full solo play where I basically go through the game with two major expansions and some other bits and do a solo mode. That was really good fun. And the ultimate guide is this one, where basically I go through a big, like, short spiel as to why I love the game so much, explaining what the uh, the Kickstarter is all about and you know what what's going to come up. But then I go into detail as to what each expansion does. So every expansion, community experiences, it's all time stamped on here, so you can easily find it. And even the mini Kickstarter promos. So eventually it gets to gets to those that I show off each and every little bit that this game has released gets reviewed by me and this is an honest review of it so I show you what stuff I use all the time what stuff I use occasionally and what stuff I'll never use because not everything for this game is fan is great you know some of it is like that was a bit of a dodgy expansion but I won't use that bit so this guide will hopefully give you a good idea as to what everything is so that when this kickstarter comes along you've you know everything there is to know about the game so please check out that video and give it a like if you can going into the kickstarter itself basically on november the 10th they are launching a big box and if you've seen my pursuit of happiness it's kind of a constrained because it's in one of those stronghold boxes and oh, i can't reach it from here but it's kind of bellowing at the seams there and I've got so much content in it, it's all sleeved, and I can just about fit everything in it, but not easily, and certainly not always with the box lid flush. So a big box of this will be absolutely fantastic, but it won't just be the big box. You've also got a potential holiday pack, which is like 20 more cards themed around holidays, um, if you bid in the first three days, but... You've also got a couple of other things in there. This page is not showing as much, but you've got Nostalgia, which is this other big box expansion here, which is going to include more components, another kind of thing you can do at the setup and more content. And you've got upgraded resources. So they're going to have like, uh, can't see in that picture there, but in here you can see like the big chunky books and the big chunky hourglasses and shaky hands. So kind of think of something out of like Alma Mater, I think, as your Alma Mater. And on top of that, you're going to have like possible Kickstarter promos. And of course, you can unlock everything that's already come out. So you can basically do the all-in pledge. I am definitely looking at this Kickstarter when it comes out for the big box. It's literally two days time. Big box, upgraded resources, nostalgia, you name. Yeah, I'm getting it. You know, do I really need to uh, think twice about this one? No, I'm I'm getting it. It's 
just such a fantastic game I'm not going to say too much more about it you know check out the ultimate guide if you want to know more about how the game functions and what i think of it but you know it's a 10 out of 10 it was number 19 on my top 100 i love this game i thought they couldn't do more content and they're going to prove me wrong this game is never going to die and i have no problem with that at all but this other kickstarter i'm a little bit more hmm I don't know. Freedom 5, Sentinel Comics board game. This is the Dice Tower Essentials uh, kind of re-implementation of Defenders of the Realm, which was a fairly oldish game, fairly pandemic-y-like. And you basically had these characters and there was a big map and, you know, enemies came in, you had to fight them off. And if there was too many on the location, they spread. Similar deal here. They kind of re-implemented it, but they've used the Sentinels of the Multiverse theme. And anybody who's paid even the remotest, uh, like, attention to my channel knows that i am a whopping great big sentinels in the multiverse fan so you're probably wondering well why haven't i backed it yet i'm a little bit skeptical about whether i'll love this game yes it's sentinels in the multiverse so the comic artwork the characters the universe it's based on is going to be like mwah, sublime for me not a problem and more and more stuff is getting added to this game so the value is going up but it's not the cheapest game in the world. I mean, let's forget doing it at retail because that gives you standees and some basic stuff. No, I'm sorry. Um, you're going to get the Hero Exclusive Edition. So that is $100. So that's 76 quid plus shipping, which is probably going to be another $20-odd on top. So we're probably talking nearly like a like 80, 90 quid for this game. And I don't know if I want to spend 80, 90 quid on a game that is basically Defenders of the Realm. I mean, yes, it will have some differences. You'll have cool abilities, and it will be the heroes, so they'll be very differentiated. You've got different villains, and you'll have scenarios. It looks cool, but enough for me to want to do it? I don't know. I just don't know. Part of me just wants to get it because it is Sentinels in the Multiverse, but the other part of me is saying, Luke, careful with your money. Careful with your money. Although, I did get paid a lot by a side client recently that I did some tax work for, so the other part of me is saying, Luke, you just got paid. Just buy it. It's your... Tr Christmas tree, whatever. So it looks cool. You know, five bystanders, five henchmen. You've got some mystery decks. They've added some extra heroes. You now got the Chrono Ranger, who's pretty sweet, and Unity. You've obviously got the normal Freedom Five. So Legacy, Wraith, Tachyon. I love Tachyon. And Stretch Goals is increasing all this stuff. But on top of that, there's also the $200 version, which has like art creator packs, hollow foil promo packs, sleeves, the heroic dice set. I mean, I'm not that fussed about the dice set, and I certainly pretty couldn't really care about the art pack or community campaign membership. I'm not that fussed about it, but it does include pre-printed miniatures, but it doubles the cost of the pledge. But they are some good miniatures. These miniatures are big. I mean, where's it got to a scale, a sort of scale of what these miniatures are? So there you go. That's a typical mini. That's a big one. It's like double the size. It's huge, particularly Bunker. And all of those painted in the Freedom 5 style like that. Oh, it could look so good on the table. I mean, part of me really wants to get this in its full hero pledge, but I just don't know. What do you think, guys, in the comments? You know, have you already bid on this game? Is this something you think I'm an idiot for trying to back? Is it one that you think I'm stupid for not backing? You know, what do you think? I'm... Very curious about this. I mean, the add-ons, you know, are mostly included in the other one. I don't overly care about the foil finish. The heroic dice look cool, but do I really want them? I'm certainly up for sleeves, you know, to be able to sleeve all the cards, considering, you know, it's needed. But then, could I get the sleeves a lot cheaper? Normally, you can. The community campaign... Is that going to be any good? We've no idea. Don't really care about digital art files. I mean, what am I supposed to do with that? And art book, again, I mean, it looks cool. Commentary, but... 
do I really want that kind of thing? I don't tend to read art books. It's just not my thing. So hard to say. I don't know, but I've only got a few days to make my decision. I am literally, what, like five days to go? It's only made $390,000, though. I mean, there's only there's less than 4,000 backers, so it's not even that like ridiculously popular, but I don't know. Oh, there's another backer on there. So I'll have to see, see what I think. Nice swig of coffee. Uh, decaf there, decadent coffee, supplying my decaf coffee. I've just made another order for six different coffees from uh, Paddle and Pixie Coffee or something. I don't know, it's P&P something. Uh, it was a really like new site I just came across, and it's like, well, they had a good subscriber offer. So it's like, fine, I'll subscribe to a ton of coffee bags for now, and then delay the next shipment when I run out. But yeah, I'm definitely drinking a lot more coffee these days. So yeah, two Kickstarters. One of them I'm definitely backing. One of them I'm in two minds, but I probably will. Got to watch my money a little bit though, although saying that, we're in lockdown for a month, so my expenditure is now literally just games and food. It's pretty much it. There's nothing else to spend my money on. It's not like I go out at all. Oh, and the old takeaway curry. That's still food. So yeah, maybe I may just get it just to cheer myself up. We shall see, but uh, I'm interested in your thoughts on this. Do you think I should? Do you think I shouldn't? Uh, let's start with that. Right, so... What am I doing at the moment in terms of life? Well, I've bought a fair few games because I've sold a few. A few games have been culled from the collection or from ones that I've previously reviewed. And I bought a few more games on the way, like Paris is sitting on the table over there. It plays. I don't even know what it's really about. Everyone just kept raving about it a few months ago when it was in the prototype form. And it's like, fine, I'll try it. It was cheap. It was on Zatu for a cheap price. So I thought I'll go for it. Um, I've got the Marvel Champions Ant-Man and the Arkham Horror Into Deep Packs. Cannot wait to get into those. That's going to be so cool. I love Ant-Man. I think he's going to be great. And I recently acquired and played, actually. Yesterday, we got a chance to play it. Uh, what did we play? We played Dwellings of Elder Vale, uh, which was, was good fun. Came second, but I was getting beaten on so much with the combat. It was ridiculous. And that is still a flaw of the game. Uh, what else did we play? We played Biblios. Pulled out Biblios, that was cool. But we also pulled out, uh, if I can get the box at this angle. Uh, uh, here we go. Uh, lully, lully, lully. Let's uh, move up me OBS so I can actually see this thing. Here we go. The Isle of Cats. Isle of Cats. Big, big drafting polyomino tile laying game of rescuing cats from an island and sticking on your boat. I finally got a copy. It's mine. It's all mine. I've even put late arrivals in this to add a little bit of extra variety. Will I get the Kickstarter pack? Mm, probably not. I mean, the fish tokens are nice, but the fish is quickly spent. I'm not that fussed. Do I want even more lesson modules in the deck? I don't know because I've I've got two extra in here anyway, and I'm a little bit scared that every time I want to change the modules, I've got to go through this 150 card deck in order to extract the lesson modules. That might just tick me off a few times. But in terms of this game, uh, if I get time, I'll do a review on it. I don't know. It depends if you want me to, guys. Let me know in the comments. But uh, first impressions so far after playing the game uh, once and also playing the solo mode once. I did it last night. I might even do a solo mode. Actually, if I can't do a review, would you like me to at least do a solo tabletop play of the solo mode? That I could do. That would be fine because the solo mode was actually pretty good. 
it's very easy to do once you know the main rules of the game and it is a very quick ai where you basically just you know they have like cards you flip over to say how many points they're going to score for cats that are on your ship they've got lessons that score based on what you do on your ship and you flip over these rescue cards for them which dictate which cats from the fields like next to the islands and which uh, treasure tokens they scrap they don't take anything they just scrap them so you don't get to pick them so the ai can really scupper you at times you've got to worry about whether you're going faster than them or not but also i like the fact that they're getting credit for your work so it might say three points for every filled room so do i fill my rooms i mean i lose five points every time i don't fill a room but then if i fill a room they get three points and then they score five points for the first cat that's revealed and then each cat subsequently as the game goes on decreases in the points they get so when the first one is flipped and it's red for example you should just not take red cats at all because it scores them far too many points is that going to contrast with what you're trying to do though but then if you can start figuring out the odds of hmm i've started on this cat and i haven't seen it flipped yet it's probably going to score quite low so maybe i should make a big family of these and the other lessons come into play as well it's a pretty neat ai i lost but only by eight points it was uh, my first game and i did make maybe one or two mistakes of judgment but well, they kept nicking all my rare treasure tokens, actually. If they hadn't done that, I probably would have won because I would have gained at least another four or five treasure tokens. But no, every time they came out, they just kept scrapping them. And it's like, annoying. But the game itself, I find good fun. I mean, in the multiplayer, you draft the cards. So you get to pick lesson cards, rescue cards, treasure cards, you know, special ability cards, all sorts in there. You've got your boat with the classic polyomino style thing of grab the cats and try and fit them in Tetris style, making certain they're adjacent, keep the families together, cover up certain spaces. It's pretty neat. The couple of flaws I do have so far, though. One, I'm a little bit questionable about balance. Some of those lesson cards are very swinny. I mean, some of them will score you a bucket of points for doing stuff that's not too difficult. But then there's others where you might get like a point per cat of a certain color. And it's just like, well, a point per cat of a certain color. How many points is that going to be? I could get 18 points just for covering up two certain rooms. That's a lot easier, and I can just do it with any tile. So why would I take the other lesson over that? I did find that, I mean, I obliterated the others. They had something like uh, 45 points, 54 points, 97 points, or something like that, or 87 points. I had 145 points in my first game of Isle of Cats. I scored the biggest family out of everybody, and I must have had about 60 points in lessons. It was ridiculous, my score. And I just thought, there's such a big gap between scores. We don't, we weren't playing it wrong. I checked the rules. We're doing everything fine. But the lessons, I think I just got really lucky with them. And that's what I mean. There is a bit of a, a swing in that respect. The other flaw I'm a little bit concerned about is that multiplayer doesn't seem to be that interesting uh, in terms of interaction. Because... In a two-player game, maybe it's better, and three, I think I would cap it. Four, it was getting to that point where it was a bit messy and a bit long for the game, what it was, but you don't really interact with the other players. You've got public lessons that may come out, which everybody can score, but that's literally it. Apart from that, it's the occasional hate draft. But on top of that, you don't interact with their board. You just take tiles before they do. That's standard. That's not proper player interaction. That's in every Euro game ever. So adding players just doesn't seem to be that worthwhile. I feel like I got more enjoyment out of the solo game than I did the four-player game we had. So I got to try it with three players. I doubt I'll ever get a chance to play it two players because it's just not in the cards at the moment. But uh, certainly being able to play it three, I reckon I can do. And uh, certainly I'll play it a bit more solo. And 
I'll have to see if I can do a fair review for it because obviously with lockdown it's hard to get the games played but I have to be like getting reviews done for games that I'm playing a lot or if I do invite people around my house it has to be for a session where it's like guys are you okay to play the same game about three or four times to help me get this review out but we'll have to see but I can certainly play the solo mode enough times and if I have to give the review purely on the solo mode then so be it but we'll see but let me know if you want me to do a solo play of that one Okay, so on top of that, I just want to give a brief, uh, is there anything else I need to note? No, I think that's pretty good, just managing, just coping, just trying my best. But I wanted to give a little shout out to some solo games, because at this point, especially if you're in Britain, you're in lockdown, you might not be able to go out and do a lot, so solo gaming is obviously key. I'm doing a challenge at the moment. It's not, well, it's not really a challenge. It's a pledge. It's a promise to myself so that I can try and stay sane, as well as obviously I've got to do work and I'm in crunch time at the moment. It's horrific. But so that I can at least stay sane, I'm at least trying to play a solo game every day. Day or evening, doesn't matter, but it's basically hashtag solo every day is what I'm doing. It's not exactly like going to trend or anything, but you will have seen on my Facebook and Twitter, every single day at some point I post pictures of the solo game I'm playing and it can be small can be big it could be a tiny little like card game in 10 minutes it could be the massive like eagle griffin game behind me it doesn't matter it's just a game every day forces me to distract myself from lockdown and everything that's going on and just sit down and play a game that's fun I did it uh, recently with a game called Nautilion, which is part of the Oniverse series. And I thought, you know what? All the Oniverse games are solo games primarily. Very few people play it at two-player. So I figured I'd sort of give my rankings as to what I prefer out of them. So consider this kind of like a brief top six list. You know, it's not worthy of a top ten. Obviously, there's not enough Oniverse games. But I just wanted to briefly talk about them and say which ones are my favorites and why. But first off, very briefly, I'll mention the one that I'm not a fan of, and that is Urbion. Urbion is... I have not played this in ages. 2012, play bad and good dreams as you strive for balance in the solitaire card game. I don't know if this was the first one they did. Let me check Oniram. Did that one come out beforehand? Uh, where's the date on Oniram? Oniram, uh, second edition was 2014, so maybe Oniram was first by the time it was released. I don't know. I'll have to double check, but... Uh, Shady Torbay is the uh, or Shady Torbay is the designer of all of these games, and the artist I think is the same across the board. It's uh, Elise Elise Plessis. I really can't like pronounce these names, but I think it's the same artist, and it's this kind of almost kid-like style, dreamlike, surreal artwork. And it's not for everybody. I mean, some people really go, "Oh God, this game's ugly," and it's like, yeah, okay, it's not clean and crisp like something like Fantasy Flight would do, but it's it's innocent artwork, and this is probably the worst example to show, Urbion, because the artwork did get better as time goes on, but it's just nice, colourful, pastel artwork. It gets that kind of dreamlike scene you know, out of the way, and I like it enough, but yeah, I know it's not everybody's cup of tea. So Urbion was the one that I played, I think, once, twice maybe, and got rid of. I wasn't a big fan. Um, you're just basically, <clears throat> I mean, what's it say here? You work together to against the game to claim all the cards from the city deck before the dream deck runs out. Victory is achieved by balancing 12 city cards. When the sum of all dream cards played next to a city is equal to zero, you may claim it. So you must play your dream cards skillfully or discard them at the right moment to trigger helpful effects, all while dodging the penalty of the chaos cards. Couple of expansions. I don't actually use a lot of expansions in these games I play, so I'm not giving you a comprehensive guide here, but... 
I mean, I played it and I just really can't remember a lot. I mean, I played this really early in my gaming life and I just don't remember latching onto it. And it's typically one of the lesser liked ones from people anyway, although there are some fans of it. But yeah, Urbion just didn't really stick with me, but I just can't remember enough about the game. Uh, the other one uh, going up in the rank, so let's say that was number six. Number five is Castellion. Castellion, you build a castle of defensive formations. So this was a tile-laying game. Interesting. I mean, I like the mechanic of it to a degree, but I think it just sort of got a little bit samey after one. I just didn't latch on to it. But it's not bad. You essentially flip a tile, and depending on what it is, you either put it in your castle with restrictions, or you like discard it in order to trigger the ability of whatever creature happened to be there. And then eventually these monsters come and attack your formation, they do damage, people like traitorous tiles, you know, ruin your day. And the idea is is that you kind of got to survive until three monsters have kind of been dealt with so it's essentially a tower defense game but you know how you do it and like how you build your tiles you know how do you make it defensive that kind of thing uh depends entirely on what monsters are coming and what tiles you flip it was it was interesting i didn't mind it but it just didn't it didn't stick with me enough it, it was quite fiddly with the rule set there was quite a fair amount you had to kind of take in rules wise uh the expansions didn't necessarily make it any more better for me uh, but you know it wasn't bad i just didn't really want to keep it i kind of played it a few times might have reviewed it i can't remember and then thought yeah this is fine but maybe it was because i didn't want to have all the Oniverse games i wanted to have like like three that i really liked and keep free and castellon i think at the time was just like yeah maybe i won't keep this one and i eventually sold it on but who knows this is one that could find its way back i don't know i i didn't i didn't dislike it i just didn't love it so maybe if i played it again maybe i would you know grow to appreciate it more but uh castellon is my number five so here we on six castellon five we then go to Nortilian. Nortilian. This one is only just above uh, Castellion. That's mainly because the rules to this are dirt simple, even when you start throwing in expansions. I mean, this one is a very easy pick-up-and-play game from the Oniverse series. Looks quite cool because you've got the different little uh, ship standees and they move around on these tokens. And the premise is basically roll, roll and move. But it's the most recent one I got. In fact, out of the ones... The only reason I've got it here physically is because I bought it recently in order to uh, play it. And, you know, I've given it a try. I've given it a fair few games. Uh, this one is not going to stay in the collection, guys. This one's going to go the way of Castellion because it looks cool. It is very simple. And I like the fact that they've at least got roll and move and actually tried to say, oh, you know, it's a bit different. Essentially, your ship has to, your submarine has to go through all these tokens and collect nine different crew members. And they're numbered one to nine. They're laid out at random in this big path, but the, the phantom submarine is coming in the opposite direction and is knocking them out. But the idea is, is that you roll three dice and allocate one to you, one to that, the phantom, and one to this dark tower whatever it is i'm not quite sure what the theme of it is but basically it has a negative effect if you achieve if you set a die too high to it but you don't want to move too fast because you won't get the crew in time before you get to the end but you don't want the opponent to move fast because they'll reach your aisle and then you lose anyway so it's very much this like almost kind of weird tug of war thing where you know you've got to move at a certain pace but you're trying to keep the opponent at a certain pace you've got some tokens to do special abilities it sounded really cool there is, however, one problem with this game. 
It's a biggie. It's too hard. It's too friggin' hard. I mean, some people sort of claimed, oh, yeah, it's uh, like really easy and that. Um, you're not playing it right. I'm sorry. I don't get how you can call this game easy. You are at the mercy of those dice for 95% of the time. There's very few ways you can mitigate it. And once you run out of those reserve tokens, you're done. You know, you get another reserve token if you land on a token that you don't need, but you shouldn't be landing on tokens you don't need. You should be landing on tokens you do need. You're only going to make so many stops during the whole game. You can't afford to waste time. But you know, if you allocate a high die to the tower, it sucks your reserve tokens away. You've only got four of them in a normal game. You can make life easier and start with a couple more, but you just find yourself running out of those tokens, never able to replenish them. So then you roll the dice and you're constantly at the mercy of said dice. You get some very ooh, tense choices and that's what's good about this and elevates it above Castellion is not only the fact that it is so easy to play especially even with the expansions but just the fact that oh those decisions are so tense like what do I do with this die what do I do should I allocate it to that should I allocate it to this what am I going to roll next what can I mitigate it's it's got some good stuff going for it but it's friggin' hard. It's so hard. I can't, I, I think I'm like zero for seven. I just can't win this game. No matter what I do, you know, you, you end up just getting hosed by the dice. You know, like, oh, I just need to roll this and that. Oh, never mind. Some tokens there's more than one of. One of the tokens there's only one of. Like, there's only one eight token. So if the phantom lands on the eight, you can't physically win. Why? There should be multiples of all the tokens. Why is the eight on its own it doesn't make any sense and you've got to get one to nine on yours and this is on the easiest sub there's other subs you can use which have harder patterns on it it's like christ how hard do you need to make this game before it like completely puts you off and that's what it's done it's just simply put me off you know i like to have a challenge but i don't like to be slapped around like crazy all the time you know with no sense of control and that's the thing i don't think this game gives you enough control so i'm losing but a lot of the time it's just the dice i know i can't blame my decisions uh, too much you know granted there may be sometimes when i have but other times it's just like look i've rolled high on all the dice so i've got to move miles he's got to move miles and and then i lose a reserve token it's just oh i don't know i'm quick swig of coffee nah just this one, I must admit, maybe this one should be a bit higher than, no, sorry, a bit lower than Castellion. I don't know. Both of them are fighting for the same spot. Castellion was more of a kind of meh game, but it was also a bit more complex to learn. This one is a little bit more, like, less enjoyable as a result, but because it's so easy to pick up and play and looks really cool compared to even Castellion, I'm kind of like, you know what, I can give it a little bit of extra credit, and maybe some people have learned the secret of playing this game. I don't know, but for me, Nautilion. It's not going to stay in the collection, so this will be on the sell pile very soon. Right, took a bit of a break there, guys, because I needed to plug the battery in because I had some problems there. But uh, let's move on to my number three, which is Oniram. So Oniram, second edition. Find the doors, Dreamwalker. Escape the labyrinth or remain trapped. This is most people's number one, but uh, for me, it's my number three. There's a lot of expansions. There's a lot of customization for this game. 
but it's quite a cool solo card game and it's the one that requires the most shuffling out of all of these. Basically you work together to gather door cards before the deck runs out of cards and you have to play cards of the same colour three times, you have to find keys, there's various ways that you can do it but all the while you've got to dodge these nightmare cards which pop up every now and again, see if I get you know these black these ones here, well, actually that's the back of the cards, these are like the generic cards that you play so the usual artwork, I'm trying to see if I can find an example of the uh, nightmare cards but essentially when they come up you have to think of like oh discard my hand lose a key uh you know get rid of certain cards in my hand like take them off the deck which effectively nullifies your life force and they're nasty and it can really cascade into some nasty situations but it's just a very good entertaining card game you know fairly simple rules the expansions are really good you know i've played with the majority of them and they've been pretty good so far in either giving you more stuff to do or just making it harder i mean the game is not easy anyway but i wanted to try them out and see what was what but this is a pretty good card game and the app is also really good with this i mean it saves you having to worry about shuffling but yeah some really good you know some nice artwork from you know like i say nice pastel color artwork but yeah i like this game this is a good one but it's only my third favorite there are two others starting with Arion. Arion's my number two. Arion's a really cool one, actually. The the kind of Yahtzee style game. You've got to get the blueprints and the construction materials and the crew to basically build a bunch of flying machines to go traverse the skies. And in order to do so, you have to roll dice in a kind of Yahtzee style fashion. So you have these columns of cards with the various crew and things that you can do as well as some other bonus cards that allow you to mitigate the dice and you roll the dice, six of them, and you try to get like two triples, two three pairs, a straight, uh, all of the kind, you know, that kind of thing, depending on the various columns. But you have various other abilities like little pixie tokens and other cards that you can collect that allow you books, I think, to re-roll the dice. Um, but you can also discard cards from columns in order to mitigate the dice. But then doing so means you run the risk of being less components for you to get because you've got to get, you know, a blueprint, a vessel and a crew or whatever the free combination is. It's been a while. And in order to actually build the thing. So once you build all the ships, you win. And I really like this one. This I thought, Yahtzee, how's this going to work? This ain't going to be any good. But it surprised me as to how much fun it was. The expansions are pretty cool as well. Although if you use this Hellkite, be prepared to lose a lot. It's uh, kind of hard to do so. But you've got some other cool expansions like hourglasses and stone clouds and stuff in there. The artwork's pretty cool across it, you know, for what it is. I like the blueprints especially. I think they're pretty sweet. Um, wasn't that difficult to get into, but this was kind of a surprise because, you know, the fact that this is the most recent Oniverse game, I thought, oh, they're going to run out of ideas by now. I'm sure they've run out of ideas. Nope. This one surprised me. Really good. Arion remains in my collection. So you've guessed it, my favourite, which is by no means many people's favourite, but hear me out. Sylveon. Sylveon is my favourite of the line, 2015. This one just, it's definitely probably the most complex of all of them. I would say, yeah, this is probably the most complex. Basically, it's a tower defence game, and I do like these tower defence games, and you've got to, to defend against the fire elemental lord that's burning down your dream forest. So I already quite like the theme of this one. And I think the artwork's pretty sweet on a lot of this stuff as well. 
But essentially, you lay out like a grid of cards, and the elements come from the right-hand side. They're trying to burn the trees that you've got all around. I mean, this particular picture, this person's doing pretty badly. And by the end of the game, not only do you have to fend off these fire elementals with things like... Uh, you know, water spirits and, you know, elephant and various animal creatures. But you've also got to make certain that your forest is actually fully grown by the end. I mean, this person looks like they're going to lose horribly because I don't know how they're going to regrow all these trees. But, you know, who knows? Maybe, they'll, maybe they got lucky. But it's a really good fun game. And that, that alone is already good fun, the whole tower defense game. But here's the real twist from this that I really, really like. I wonder if I can show you a picture to illustrate it. Uh, probably not... Uh, this is more of like, you know, defending waterfalls and the various fire elementals. You know, the theme of this one's just really good. But trying to find an example. Can't seem to find... Ah, wait a minute. Maybe this will do. Yes. Before you start the game, you do this kind of column drafting setup where you build your deck. So the cards that you have in order to defend this back, defend this elemental back, is a deck constructed by you by ways of a column drafting system. I, I, it's been a while since I played it, but I believe it's that you put cards into the columns, but if a certain card turns up in the column, it scraps the whole lot. And you're kind of thinking, right, well, I need to choose a column to put in my deck, but do I want this one to build up until it's got some really good cards in it on top of what's there? Or do I get it now, but then I'm having a smaller deck and the deck basically consists of like tree growing cards or water cards and various animal creatures that can give you special abilities but also potential alternate winning conditions so there are other ways that you can actually win the game if you set yourself up right so i like that little bit of extra complexity with trying to say oh you know so if i could win like this maybe i'll tailor my deck for this but then if i play normally then it's like gotta defend gotta defend Ugh, fighting you back come on grow tree and this one just gives me a good amount of fun for this one. It is the most complex. It is the most lengthiest of the lot. It's definitely a longer game. I mean, what does it say uh, Sylveon is in terms of its length? Because most of these games are like 15 to 30 minutes. This one is easily 30 minutes. I would say it's probably longer than that, 45 minutes. Because bear in mind, you've got to do the pre-draft phase and then set the thing up. I mean, if you know the game inside out, maybe 30 minutes. But I'd say 45 is a bit closer. But yeah. I really enjoy this one. You know, it's just got a good theme. I think it's probably the best of the artwork that's come out. That and Aerion, maybe. I don't know. Actually, no, I think I prefer this one to Aerion. Uh, I like the fire elementals particularly. But the deck construction element is just really cool. And the tower defense being is tense and fun. So, Sylveon is my favorite of the lot. So, that's all of them. What's your favorite Oniverse games for those of you that own them? Do you think that Urbion was the best one you ever had? Do you think Sylveon was the worst? Do you prefer Anirum, Arion, whatever? Am I wrong about Nautilion? Um, it's not going to be long before it's sold, so if you're going to convince me to keep Nautilion, yeah, better do it quick. But let me know in the comments what you think of these games. And that wraps up this podcast. I think 46 minutes. My throat is really going. I've got no liquids left. I need to finish my chili, which is cooking downstairs. And then I've got Stellaris tonight with some friends online. So, yeah. And I've also got to edit this podcast and get it out before then. So I've got, what, like 30 minutes to do that? That's not going to happen. So I might have to uh, delay the podcast releasing until later tonight. But either way, like I say, I always release it on a Sunday. So you will get it eventually. So, 
that's it for me i for those of you in england i hope you're surviving through well in the uk actually not just england i hope you're surviving this month of lockdown fine so far wish you all the best uh, thank you again to the patreons who helped me get to that uh, goal for Streamyards. i look forward to really getting to grips with that uh, for those of you in america who have just gone through election hell trying to you know dethrone trump and get joe biden in or whether you've supported trump you know like i say this is not a political show as long as you are a kind respectful person you can believe what you want to believe you know hopefully you're coping with the election results as they've come in and see where your country uh, ends up in a few months time say a bit further down the line but yeah there's a lot going up in the world you know hopefully there's some brighter yeah i mean for a lot of americans that's a bright spot of 20 for the uk i don't think we've had a bright spot yet in the uk we really haven't i mean we've even got brexit coming up oh yeah that's gonna be fun i don't know i think our country is doomed but we shall see at least i'm going to be trying to get you as much blog content as i can and play some solo games every day just to keep my sanity in check and obviously keep blog content coming so thank you everybody who's listening thank you everybody who's watching i will catch you on the next broken meeple show episode and for now remember as always it's only a game take care best wishes love you all